Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Bingity bong, bingity bing, bing, bong. Hi. Hong, hong, hong. I don't know. It's supposed to be bong. Who knows? Anyway, I know. It's suggestible time. Oh. The time where we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is there also. We are married and that's the show. You... And we're bragging about it. <laughs> yeah. You said to me just before that I get enthusiastic about things and I feel seen. It's true. Because uh, you're, you're going to go down the, uh, uh, to visit your brother I am. in the beach mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not going to stay the night. And I'm like, you'll stay the night because you get excited. And then you were like, <laughs> <laughs> and you got excited by the prospect of just being excited by something. Uh, I just like being in things and which doing is fun, things I think, and yeah. being, going to places. Hey, nothing wrong with that, ma'am. Yeah, as opposed to you. What is, is it Charlie Brooker? Who says to you that nothing is worth Most doing? Most things aren't worth doing. Yeah, which is the exact opposite of how I feel. No, it's true. It is true. very rare that I do something and I think, oh, that wasn't the worth problem, it. The problem Actually, with that is Actually, it though, almost never happens to me. Yeah, but the problem with that is, though, you don't know until you do it. Then you're like, ah. Because you don't, you won't really know unless you try. I exactly, and I actually would suggest that most of the things that I make you do, you actually enjoy. No, or I fake enthusiasm because I don't. No, I can see through you. Otherwise, you'd be like, "What do you you. like anything?" And I'm like, "I don't know." No, you often go, "This is actually really good." Yeah, sure. (laughs) Except we all know that really you want to be home with all your stuff and your little slippers watching TV. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Making my way through the Scream franchise, Claire, because Scream Six is out next week. What I don't understand, for the 10 minutes that I was watching, the main characters all had what appeared to be red texture all over their faces. What was that about? I don't know what you're talking about. Was it fake blood? It might have been fake blood. But I'm watching Scream 3, which is the worst Scream, which isn't even that bad because they're all pretty solid. Can I ask, so is the premise of this one they're making a movie about the Scream? Well, okay, so there's original Scream, which became the movie Stab, which we see in the start of Scream 2. And then when you get up to Scream 3, they're making Stab 3, which is not is based on any of the events. So the Stab series within the, within the Scream franchise is the events from Scream. Right. Does that make sense? So they, they, yes. they so get they, someone so who they plays Neve Campbell and whoever in it. Right. And they're making they them you. within the universe. And there's some good things like in Scream 3, like Courtney Cox has the actor who plays her in the movie and they run around they do some like – investigations together and whatever. There's like, it's, none of the Scream movies are terrible. They're all like, they're either good or like very good. And the last one, which came out last year, great, really terrific. So, yeah, uh, I remember you saying that. I never watched it. I'm yeah, I just, I've always like, I've always liked them. They're always been like really solid. Like, and there's a bunch of them from that era. There's like um, Urban Legend and I Know What You Did Last Summer and whatever. whatever. There's, there's heaps. But Scream is... The best. and so it's, There's a reason why they're so iconic. Yeah, and Wes Craven, who created them, uh, he's – this is not what I'm talking about today, but he did like – he reinvented like horror in the 80s of like with like Nightmare on the Elm Street and like Freddy Krueger and all of that, which is also like a meta commentary on 
slashes and whatever. And well, it also became more of that as it went along. But uh, well, and Stabby then, Stabbersons, as yeah. I like to call them. And then he did it like again in the 90s with Scream. Uh, and then he died in like 2015. Oh, no. There's also a TV series which I've never seen, which is uh, not canonical. It's in a different mm. Scream averse. But uh, and then is there the scary movie franchise? Are they scary movie spoof of Scream? They are, but they're also anything. So it's also ah, like whatever's okay. happening. Often it's like it's Britney Spears and she's shaving her head or whatever. You know, it's ah, okay. it's whatever's happening. I think that those that franchise really ruined Scream for me. Like oh, okay, I just, yeah. Also, I, I will say that of the scary movie franchise, it's not that bad. There's some pretty okay jokes in it. All right. Uh, but it's I also see. very dated and whatever and all those I things see, as well. I see, but, I see, I see there, yeah. Jim Just Bob. so you know. But enough of that. Tell That's us why loose, you're really here. It's a loose history of Scream. Oh, well, well, we've suggested things, and this is my suggestion, speaking of screams and murders. I'm, this uh, is less, that's what marriage is, am I right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't brag about it. But uh, I watched something, a little documentary called The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker. Right. Here's the synopsis. Here he goes. Caleb Lawrence McGilvery, also known as Kai, is a Canadian man who first became known uh, from the internet uh, viral uh, via a viral video called Kai the Hatchet-Wielding whole Hitch sentence hiker. seems incredibly difficult for you to get through. Okay, so it featured, it featured him. It featured. I'm still sick, Claire, and I can't hear properly. Sorry. Uh, which featured him recounting a crime he witnessed while hitchhiking. Kai subsequently received, like, national attention uh, in the press. So what – this is a true story. Happened in, like, the 2010s. So he – this guy, he was picked up by a, by a guy in a car and because he was a hitchhiker and they were travelling along and then there was a traffic altercation and the guy he was with attacked and nearly, like, killed or seriously injured this woman. So Kai hit him in the back of the head with a hatchet. Oh, and God. Then, yeah, but that wasn't why. And then he became famous because he was interviewed and he this, like, really – funny and like charismatic and almost sort of like inspiring interview about it and like being yourself and looking after people and we're all humans and all this kind of thing. And then this dude just fucking disappeared. And so there was this like virality surrounding this guy of like, who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? Where did he go? How do you contact him? Cause like all the major news networks wanted to speak to him, you know, get a, get a piece of him. And, and he was just like uncontactable cause he obviously had no Address. So eventually, like, they tracked down this guy, and this is some of the documentary, I should say. It's not all of it. And if you know anything about this, like, you'd, you'd probably be familiar, but he ends up going on, like, Jimmy Kimmel, and he is in a number of, like, viral videos and other posts and whatever. He's got a band which he tours and all this kind of stuff. And so he becomes this this celebrity, and he's just going around different towns, you know, and people loving this dude, and they're buying him drinks and whatever, whatever, etc. Anyways... Maybe it turns out that maybe the thing that happened with the hitchhiking, maybe that was maybe not true or a half truth. Ah. Uh, this particular event, and when you find more about Kai, he maybe is not this free, like wielding, happy-go-lucky guy that you'd initially think, and then he's got this past, and maybe he has these violent tendencies and all of these different things about this guy. Mm. Like maybe he's got substance abuse problems and all these other kind of things begin to unfold uh, and it kind of culminates in, you know, various different outcomes, which I will not spoil here. It's uh, what I like about this also is it's not a six episode series that goes forever and nowhere and drags it all, all the information. It's like an hour 25, you get all the information that you could possibly need and then it's finished and you never have to think about it ever again, right? It's on Netflix. It's well worth a look if you like. 
you know, like murder documentaries or whatever, you know what I mean, true crime, et cetera. Uh, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, it's all that kind of fits in, the, in that, that category and it's just a very interesting and sad kind of tale. But interesting. And it's also like it's the pitfalls of like social media and going viral and fame and what that does to a person and how people maybe pursue that without thinking what the wider aspects of this, you know, could, could end up being on a person or a society, you know. Makes you think. Makes you go, maybe we are on our phones too much, you know. That's what I thought. Wowza, James. And then I didn't go outside and I felt better for it. <laughs> you didn't go hug a tree? No. That I've been encouraging you to do. And more time with trees, mate. They're really good trees. for you. I look out the window, I fucking see a tree. I went on a tree meditation and it was so amazing at the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the show before, but it was so powerful and like some of us cried. We are designed to be around trees and lean against trees and they emit some kind of like hormones Laser. that are really good for us as Laser. well as obviously air and other things. They're really good. Anyway, so that sounds very fascinating. What you're I saying like a is documentary. trees are good. That is my Also, premise. like if you're, you know, if you're like, oh, no, are you going to see this guy like bash someone's head in with a hatchet yeah, or whatever? Yeah, exactly. That's what no, I'm No, you don't see it. Like you see people like talk about it, but you, yeah. don't, you don't see any of it. It's wild that that stuff actually happens. Yeah, it is wild. And then when you so watch this and you find me. out like why it happened, you're like, oh, whoa, okay. So, That's you know. a lot. Yeah. And where can we find that? That's on Netflix. It's a popular streaming service. Uh, it's brand new. Netflix. It's called Netflix. Spell it. N-E-T-A-F-L-E-X. That seems correct. Netflix. Excellent. Netflix. Yeah. Netaporta, but Netflix. Mm. Also, right. they're doing a. They're doing an. I know you. What you did last summer. I know what you did. Reboot. No, they bring in every. They did that, but I think they're doing a sequel. And because Freddie Prince Jr. is still around. Ooh. As is Jennifer I Love Hewitt. I loved him at that time. Still around. Still around. He retired to like yeah. be a dad and like Maybe do telling Wing me Chang that. And, and I think you like really respected him for it. I did. I never respected him before he retired. <laughs> now I respect him immensely. No, he's always seemed all right. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Well, I had a massive crush on him in the movie She's All That, which mm. actually in the rewatch is incredibly problematic, but I still loved it. At There's the a time. new She's All That, and it stars the girl from She's All That, and she's the mother of. Oh. She's all of a girl who, <laughs> who she's all that a boy. She she's all that as a boy, but oh. she's not the same woman from the first movie. She's not the same character, but she's still in it. And I wish what? The, so it's the actor, but playing it's the a actor playing character. a different character. Because she's the right. one, you know, she wears the glasses and whatever. Oh, and she's yes, like, yes, oh, yes, yes. I've seen not another teen movie like way more times than I've seen she's all that. So that's I'm probably getting confused. Yeah, but I I can't believe that they didn't take the opportunity to. Like have her be the same character and then she has a daughter who she's she's all that's a guy and she's like, are you she's all thatting that poor boy? I was she's all thatted when I was in high school. You should know better. Well, yeah, that would have no been. No daughter of mine's going to she's all that somebody. Mm, anyway. Or as a feminist commentary, she should be able to she's all that some dude. You shouldn't she's all that anybody, I'm going to say. It's yeah. not cool. To- it's. To do that. I know. It's so problematic, that movie. It's like, oh, she has glasses and overalls. Oh, she's so ugly. And suddenly she's like, oh, she's so beautiful. It's so stupid. But I loved it. I love, as I've previously discussed, a makeover. Yeah. I don't as much anymore because it bugs me. But I used to be obsessed with makeover shows. And I think it's not like the reality ones, as in like in the movie kind of vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Like a pretty woman-esque kind of thing happening. 
And I love that. I feel like it's because it's this eternal idea oh, it's called that he's as all a that. woman. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I feel like it's this eternal idea that you that I really like absorbed as a kid. That if you're awkward and nerdy and have glasses and a bit or like, you know, whatever, that you'll have this like hero arc where one day you'll just be like, look at me, I'm beautiful. And everyone will be like, woo, clap, clap, clap. And that's the bullshit thing that the patriarchy has really instilled in women. Yeah, exactly. It's this whole idea that your worth is then based around how attractive you are. Yep, and it's true. And that one day maybe you can aspire to shock everyone in with your giant amazing beauty, <laughs> you know, and then your smarts won't even matter. Like, it, I don't know, it's so stupid. However, I felt I also loved it. Anyway. Do you want to see the guy from Who Gets He's All That? At, yes, I do. Uh, so this is the, this is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm staring at is someone who's like kind of weirdly muscular. Yeah, he looks like a marble statue. Yeah, he's from Karate Kid. But what Karate is what? Kid. How does how does he get he's all battered? I is think he, he like they, nerdy they, but they secretly muscly. They cut his hair muscly? and they take his shirt off or something. Oh, and so he's like secretly and he loves muscly? horses. He, I've seen the trailer. I haven't seen it, but he uh, loves horses. Yeah, and they're like, what kind of nerd loves horses? It's like. Don't girls love horses? Isn't that like a terrible cliche? Yeah, they do. I love don't like horses. horses. No, you don't. You really don't trust them at all. Which I don't, I find not weird. So strange. Imagine a, Imagine something. They're is, beautiful. Imagine something dumber than a dog. They're not though. But this is what bugs me so much. And I know people who are listening to this podcast who will love horses and ride horses and understand horses. When you say that, it hurts my soul because <laughs> horses are incredibly intelligent and empathetic creatures. They are. They are majestic. And glorious, and people use them as therapy because they're so intuitive. So take that back. No, and I'm on the side of anyone you who hate is, cats. Who so works I'm not in equine uh... therapy. It's really fascinating. The studies that have come out of. I'm not therapy. arguing that like it can be a very calming and soothing presence, but I also and like, all that is fine. And you know they're probably not dumber than dogs. They're not. They're <laughs> incredible. Well, there is the science is still out. I have looked into it. All right. And I'm sure it depends dog to horse and horse to dog. It depends All right. whatever. Okay, see, the dogs agree. The dogs would know because they're <laughs> smarter than a horse. But All right. my point is that a horse like freaking out it, to me is scarier than a dog. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, but that's like they Any horse energy. can kill me. But not every dog can kill me. Well, I don't know. Maybe they could. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. You get where thrown happy. from a horse, kicks you in the head, whatever. All right. I, I would actually suggest that more people get killed by dogs than horses. What? Well, that's because horses are a rich person's thing. <laughs> so, okay. There's just so many layers to this. It's true. All right. Fine. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Can <laughs> we move along now? Sure. Anyway, what did you all think right. of He's All That? Because I know you did watch it this week. He's All That. I didn't watch He's All That. Oh. He was not all that. And he's not actually all that in that photo. I mean, I good on him. he was all that. Good on him. Anyway, Turns moving right along. Oh, that's I, my first recommendation is actually a musical, oh. which is cool. And I haven't actually seen the actual thing live. This is just the soundtrack that I've been listening to. And okay. I'm learning one of the songs. But I got really into understanding the premise of it. So I'll explain what it's called. It's a very famous one. It's what called, do I have to do? Just listen. Okay, cool. That's the whole, this is the way this show is supposed to work. It's true. So Songs for a New World is a work of musical theatre written and composed by Jason Robert Brown and it's his first produced show originally produced off-Broadway at the WPA Theatre in 1995. Oh, it's an oldie. Mm, Brown and director Daisy Prince put together songs he had written for other venues and events resulting in neither musical, play, 
nor review. It is closer to a theatrical song cycle. So a very theatrical. What does that mean, a song cycle? So a song cycle is just kind of what it sounds like. It's a sequence of songs rather than being a complete kind of musical with, you know, all of the scripting and the story arc. It's more like a, a group of songs that are based around a theme. So this is kind of in between that. Okay. So what's really interesting I think about it is that they decided to make it an abstract musical based around the moment of decision. So it's a series of songs with a whole lot of different characters that aren't connected but each song is based around a particular moment. So it's about hitting the wall in that moment and having to make a choice or take a stand or turn around and go back. And right, so okay. the cast will play multiple characters when they yep. do this. And it's often quite popular with like schools and, you know, small theatre groups because it doesn't have an extraordinarily big budget or a big cast. Yeah, so you can you put can it on. It. The music yep. itself is incredibly complex and it comes from lots of different genres as well, um, including jazz. Yeah. Um, but I want to just read through some of the songs to kind of explain a bit like more. Like the lyrics about what, or like the No, no, just of... the concepts because okay. this is what I find so fascinating and what I think you will find Where interesting Where did you get onto this? Where did you find My singing it? teacher because oh. I'm learning one of the songs. I'm learning a song called I'm Not Afraid of Anything. But so the, in the opening sequence it's called The New World and this is by the whole company that sings it. Right. And it sings of the evening central theme that even when everything seems stable and certain, there is one moment that can upend and change anyone's life mm. at any point. So that's kind of the premise it sets gotcha, up. Okay. Now I'm going to go through and tell you some of the different situations the characters are in. And what do I have to do? Just listen. Okay. <laughs> but I just think it's interesting yeah, yeah. Um, that idea that there's just one moment that can change everything. Mm. So the title of the song is On the Deck of a Spanish Sailing Ship, 1492. Mm-hmm. And basically the song revolves around a ship's captain who's praying for the safety of the souls aboard his ship as they're going on a voyage to an undiscovered Okay, gotcha. So that's kind of the premise of that song. And then it will jump to another song called Just One Step, which is a wealthy wife who climbs out onto the window ledge of her 57-storey apartment in an attempt to get her neglectful husband's attention. Does he? Does she? Well, you'll have to listen to the song. So there's that. Is is he in the room? No. How's he going to know? What, what do you mean? I mean, if she's out there and she's like, look at me. Oh, actually, no, he is in the room. Oh, he is. (laughs) Yes, is he like, like Sorry, yes, I darling, I see you. Very good. I'm very scared for you. Very good. Anyway, the next one is the one I'm learning. It's called I'm Not Afraid of Anything. And it's a young woman who's reflecting on the fears of the people she loves and comes to realise how they have held her back. And so she's kind of talking about how fear can really kind of freeze you and that she's actually not afraid of anything. Yeah, and it's right. this beautiful, it's such a beautiful song. Mm. Um, and it talks about how, like, her father, for example, is afraid of babies or, like, the another woman that she knows is afraid of water. I, it's just a really famous song and it's Do hard to explain. Of <laughs> James, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the line in it. Yeah, the, that famous line. James is afraid of horses. I'm so afraid of he horses. He doesn't even know, but he's afraid of horses. Oh, no, I know I'm afraid of horses. I do so know. he won't go to the farm. <laughs> if anyone knows that lyric, that is the same melody at the beginning of it. Anyway, <laughs> another example of one is the river that won't flow. So a pair of derelicts swap stories of woe and ill luck, concluding that for some bad luck is just fate. Mm. Mm. 
So, you know, that kind of vibe. And You might have mentioned this, but is it a, is it a musical all the way through? Or is it people stopping and going, man, I tell you what, I'm, I'm afraid of luck or whatever. No, it's a And music- then they go into the song? No, it's a musical. Gotcha, it's okay. A- yeah, um, Stars and the Moon um, is recounting the stories of two poor suitors and the rich man she eventually marries. A woman comes to realise what she has sacrificed in exchange for wealth and comfort. Mm-hmm. And there's another song called She Cries. A man describes the power the woman he's in love with holds over him. There's the last one from the first act is called The Steam Train. A teenager from a poor neighbourhood in New York boasts of his future as a basketball star. His bravado is undercut with a spoken monologue revealing the disadvantages he is determined to overcome. So they're like tiny vignettes within each song. And I just love that idea that there are moments in time that everything comes to a head. Yeah. And that they're like pivotal decisions and the way that you move or go in that particular moment changes everything. It's true. Do you agree with that? No, I absolutely do, yeah. Um, yeah do, you do, you, think that, do you think you can walk that back? I think depending on the situation, yeah, mm. sometimes you can walk it back and then sometimes no, sometimes things happen and that's it. You're, the course of your life is just forever changed. Have you had a moment like that? Yeah, probably. Have you? <laughs> You're so annoying. I don't know if you know how this show well, works. Well, it's literally like every thing that you do affects Something. I know, so you yeah, come across, like you come across it effects. and you don't even know. That at the time the it's, that the, happened it's really or, pivotal. Or didn't. Anyway, what's yeah, yours? Yeah, but what's a – well, I want to know what yours is first. Like is there one in particular that you think – Like a decision. Yeah, a decision or a, a moment in time where you know that that really changed the course of a lot of things. Uh, prob- I mean, I mean, I guess starting to do like this, definitely, because I would be probably teaching or I would have burnt out and quit and done something else. <laughs> but yeah, uh, probably that. I mean, it would have, my life would have been completely different. I would have had to keep growing as a person as opposed to remaining <laughs> emotionally stunted and uh, just watching the Scream movies for no reason. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, yeah. What about, what about you? Oh, yeah. Look, there's lots of different moments isn't there it's hard mm. to hard to just pick i mean when we met you know yeah well that's very true and you know it's like i guess any relationship you know you make decisions along the way of like you know that you're going to yeah. c- continue forward but, yeah but there's sort of but i guess the premise of this show this musical is that things come to a head like there's yes yes we make that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Life, but then there are some things that then end up making you know they're like really pivotal moments yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, I guess there are other parts in life, like when my dad passed away, mm. that then change the course of the way that you, your life looks when yeah, you definitely. lose someone yeah. like that. So that's not really a decision. It's more just like something that happens to you, yeah. which is something in that as well in that kind of grief. And I guess, for yeah, getting COVID, I actually reckon one of the things about the for the album that I've done, which is where my head. Oh, you wrote an album, did you? No, it's You've never mentioned it before. Anyway, it's down on Spotify. Um, deciding to put one song. So before I put the song that I'd written on Instagram, mm. for some reason I was in this really dark headspace. I did a cover of a Leonard Cohen song. Yeah. And I spent ages recording it. And I don't really even understand exactly why I decided to do it, but I put it on Instagram. I know, that didn't even, was that even your initial plan? No, I don't know. No, I think I was just, I don't even know really why I was recording. Because I spent, I spent like a whole day mm. just like learning this song and then, and then filming it yeah. and wanting to get it perfect. Mm. And then 
I decided to put it on Instagram and I thought, oh, why? I, like, I wasn't even sure exactly why I did it. But then the response I got from people was so beautiful. And I reckon that changed the course of a lot of things Yeah. after that yeah. because then I had the confidence to then put a song I'd written on Instagram and then my teacher saw it and then she was like, well, you should do something with it and, and then domino, domino, domino effect. But if I hadn't made that or even maybe even making the decision to go and get singing lessons again, yeah, for the, you know, for the first time in like 15 years or something, like even that, that step. And I do think about that a lot. Because at that point it was also like you were just doing it for, for, for you as well. And for yeah. Fun, right? yeah. And because I had a cough. I developed a cough and yes. I was having breathing problems. And so I thought, oh, maybe singing lessons will help and doing something just for me and, you know. But it's just so interesting how you don't know when that – you're right, what you said about sometimes you don't know until you look back what yeah. decision has been the most monumental in shaping the way that the course of your life will go. Mm. Um, but that was probably got deciding to go in and get singing lessons. Um, yeah. And so I always say that to people that you just, what an adventure. You don't know, but you have to just start. Mm. You have to just start yeah, something. Yeah. Otherwise you just get, st- when you're stuck in a rut, you know. Anyway, so the as the songs for New World, they're be- the music is beautiful and I would highly recommend going to listen to it. Is it coming to Melbourne at some point? I'm sure it will be around. It's always around because it's one of those things that's really um, easy for groups to put on. I don't think it's on anywhere at the moment. But it's a beautiful soundtrack just to listen to and my favourite song that I'm learning, I'm Not Afraid of Anything, Stunning. Stunning. What about Really bloody hard to sing. Ah, Do you reckon I could do it though? Definitely. Thanks. But I prefer the James is afraid of horses. I am afraid of horses and I'm not he afraid to admit really it. He doesn't really know but he's afraid of horses. I like him. I know people so have been thrown from horses. I know people have been trampled by horses. I, it's, yeah. Like Who's multiple been trampled people. by horses? Pete. Yeah, uh, Hollywood Pete. He grew up on a farm, yeah. Bloody hell. He, has he agrees had with a, me with horses. He had a storied a life. Fascinating life. He has had but, a um, fascinating he, life, Yeah, he told me the story. He was a kid. He was fucking trampled by a horse and he was like, <laughs> Because I think he might have even heard us talking about it. And he was like, you're right, they are dumb. So mm. I'm, uh, I'm, that's all I'm saying. All right. These aren't even okay. my words. Give These are me peaked. your other recommendation. And I know another woman who was thrown from a horse and broke her fucking coccyx bone. All right. Yeah. Cool. And like her spine and shit. Anyways. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claire, I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. But I'm on the seafood diet. Oh. I seafood and I play it. Now, what, I, what I mean by that is there's a video game. It's called Seafood. It's from last year, right? Okay. It's a beat-em-up style video game developed and published by the French studio Slow Clap and it's set in modern-day China and players control the child of a martial arts school, Sifu, who's, who's like a master, who seeks revenge on those responsible for her father's death. Mm. So basically it's a, it's a beat-em-up game. You move through a 3D environment and you're like <laughs> – you can pick, you can be a, a guy or a girl and you, you beat up your I way through. I wish that the listeners could you see, see you big, punching big right now. You're gloves. really punching away That's there. That's right. 
Uh, and so, so you have to master like all these various combat moves to move through these different environments. And like you start off and you go through like a slum area and then you go into a nightclub and then you go into a whatever. Okay. All of these different things. So, and you beat up a variety of villains. You've got your standard kind of, you know, guys that you beat up who are just like cannon fodder. You just like slap them aside. You've got bigger guys. You've got guys with more skills. You've got people with weapons and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So you do things like you dodge and you parry and you block and you've got a light attack and a heavy attack. You use combos, weapons. You, you utilize, utilize the environment and you level up as you go. Like you can level up your character to get more moves and et cetera. But uh-huh. here's the thing. It's five levels long and there's a boss at the end of every level. So yes. you think, oh, that's five levels long. That doesn't seem too difficult. But here's the thing, Claire. Here's yes, the thing about James. the game seafood. I don't know if you know this. I'm on the seafood diet. When I seafood, I play it. <laughs> every time you die. How many times are you going to make that joke? That was the last time. But every I time you that. die, yes. you age. So okay. you start at age 20, you die, you age one year. You become 21. Right. If you die again, like pretty quickly after that, you age an additional two years. You're 23. Oh, good. Die again, you age an additional four years, and you age really quickly. And there's consequences to every time that you die. So as you get older, as you you can kind of get a caught in a loop of dying. So you age really, really quickly. And then if you die above the age of 70, that's it. It's the end of the game. So, and at the end of every level, you don't get your life back. So if you make it to the end of the first level and you're 60 years old, you have to beat the rest of the game as a 60-year-old person. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the, Or you have to restart. So it sounds complicated to you because you look lost. It sounds lost. very complicated. It basically means I'm that. I'm still stuck on the seafood diet. I'm on the seafood diet, But Claire. it's not called seafood. It's S-I-F-U. I'm on the so, seafood diet. God, I find this incredibly confusing. Also, I was right. You were going to make that joke again. You made me make it. <laughs> but basically. The thing about it is, like, you would blitz through this game normally because, you you know, you get le- you get lives and your health comes back and whatever. This game isn't like that. So you have to basically beat it in one go, like, to make it through. Okay, I'm guess- so it's sort kind of like the game of life. It's kind of like the game of life, yeah. And the thing about it is it's incredibly challenging. I bought it last year and I'm like, I'm never going to, like, put the time into this. And recently I picked it up because I'm on the seafood diet. I seafood when I play it. And I've got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I, hate that I fucking hate this game again and I'm putting it down because it's hard. Uh, but it is like if I had the time, like if I was younger, I'd dedicate much more time to it. But it's really good and interesting and there's a real rhythm to it. When you get in the rhythm of it, like it is, it feels good to kind of like, it's almost like puzzle solving and rhythm to, to like clear a room of people. Does that make sense? So yeah. you can't just like just randomly tap and you'll hit people. You have to wait to see when they attack you and then – you respond to what they're doing. And if you attack at the wrong time, they'll block it and hit you or whatever. If you see a weapon on the ground, you can pick it up and hit someone with it or you can just kick it into their face and stun them. So there's like, it's very kind of, and this isn't uncommon for fighting games, but it's very, um, you can't just spam buttons and just kind of, you, you'll make it through. You'll just get killed. Like the easiest person would just obliterate you um, immediately. Uh, anyway, I'm not currently on the seafood diet because I've stopped playing it because it frustrates me. And then you kind of – because you kind of have to stick with it for a while to kind of get better, and uh, I've stopped. But it's good. It's a good game, and I like it, and I'll, refer, I'll return to it again. I am again. proud of you Thanks. for sticking with something that is very challenging. No, but I didn't stick with it. I just uh, – just to clarify, I quit. What do you mean? But you said you liked it. No, I like it, but I've stopped playing at the moment because it's made me frustrated and I put it down. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not proud of you then. Thanks. And I'm also at the point in my life where with a lot of like video games and things or whatever, or even shows and books that I don't like, I'll I'll play it, I'll pick it up and read and I'm just like, nah, and I'll just just chuck it away. Is that phones? 
I feel like that's the no. It's just like I don't want to do it. I don't want to like put the time into something I'm not in, interested in. Yeah, actually, that is the same with books. Like, and me. I used to like push through on like everything. Yeah. If you like, if I look at like video games or books or movies or whatever that I used to, I'd I'd stick to it like it literally anything. And I look at all like my old games. I've like beaten like most of them, and the new ones I'm like maybe beaten like a handful, if that. It, but is that just a limited time? There's also limited the time. Yeah, well, that's also part of it. There's I feel limited like time that with and I'm books like, I'm going to well. dedicate myself to literally anything else other than this. Yeah, I just end up getting recommendations for books and then really deep diving into the ones that I mm. really, really love. Yeah. Because I've just got such limited time. Well, I was speaking to your musical partner, Zeke, at your live show, Claire, Correct. where you released your album. Um, oh, but did I release video. an album? Yeah, you did. Uh-huh. You did, Claire. It was, and it was, it was okay. But um, <laughs> anyway, he was saying. Because he loves video games. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about it and I was saying, and I think he, you know, in the same wavelength where I feel like I've played most games. Like I play a game and I'm like, I've played this game like 40 fucking times, like previous versions of this. Yeah. And it's like it's a first-person shooter or it's a third-person shooter or it's a particular type of puzzle game or whatever. Or it's Assassin's Creed, open world, go forever, climb a tower shit and whatever. And I'm just like, this is boring. And what I like about this is, it's mechanically like similar to a bunch of other stuff, sure, but it's packaged in a unique way and that's the kind of stuff that I tend to gravitate towards now. Because the format is yeah. more unique. And also they've designed games, though this is falling apart, which I love. They've designed them to be live services now a lot of the time, which means they basically go forever and they incentivize you to keep putting time and money in so the game never ends. And I fucking hate that. Like I like games that are like, five to 12 hours and then you're done. It's like a story and a whatever or an experience and then like I don't like, I don't want to play something forever and level up with crystals and shoot a laser at a lizard or whatever the fuck happens in <laughs> video games. I don't like any of that shit. Shoot a laser at a lizard. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I will never understand your love of video games. Well, you've seen Untitled Goose Game, which our son yeah, is playing at the I moment. Yeah, I know. I'm not really, not. It's like a fun no, little story I'd rather story just book. go and hang out with Goose. No, no, they're, Goose one. are terrible. What are you talking about? I like about? geese. I like watching them. I like the way their necks move. They're I don't fucking wanna... awful creatures. No, you just don't. I love all creatures, great and small. Really? Yes. I like to watch them like a creep. <laughs> okay, creep. I just do. That's what I do now. I, this is I've got older. I just like to watch things. Video games are art and you might not recognise yes, that, Claire. I, I recognise it, I agree, and there's so much in them and they're complex and I get they're cerebrally challenging and they're storytelling and they're amazing and wonderful. I get it. Yeah. I just don't like them. Yeah, and they're also. I don't have to like them. I don't like no, them. No, you don't. What I, I also don't like think playing is, them. They give me a headache. What I also think is really interesting about video games as opposed to books and radio and film and even television, video games are a very young medium. Like they only really started in – well, they really kicked off in the 80s, but there are various incarnations you can find before that. So a lot of the stuff is still being worked out about how – about storytelling in video games and how to make them creative and how to put engagement in it. Where like movies, there's like 100-plus years of people perfecting that. And video games, it's a much shorter time frame. Books, even longer than that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think video games – they do get bogged down in a bunch of like microtransactions and the shit I was saying about, mm. you know, ongoing services or whatever. But there's so much stuff that we haven't seen from video games yet because it is so such a new medium. Like it's within our lifetime. Like that's mm. – and so I think it's going to be – It's I, I hope so at least it's going to become more interesting and we're going to be – because there already is like a bunch of really interesting like indie games and stuff that you can – 
that you can get um, that like push the envelope in different ways, even if there's not necessarily money and something like that. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. I think that's really interesting. It's a new medium, Claire. Yes, it is. Just like TikTok. <laughs> Who knows what TikTok will be in a year's time? Anyway, do you know? Big block. Do you know what I love? What do you love? I love being on the seafood diet, but I also love when people, they leave a review for the show, which you can do in-app, any Just app. Just in-app. Whatever app Immediately. you're apping us in right now. Uh, just like uh, Gay Guy, that's G-A-Y-E. Thanks, guy, mate. Who says, yay, I just ate a piss. It's a P-I-C-E of cake. <laughs> I'm presuming they spelt uh, piece wrong. Uh, but either way, I hope you enjoyed the cake. And thank you so much for the review. I just want to point out also I've only got one more review to read out after this for next week and then we're out of reviews. So I'm going to need some more reviews if people could uh, yes, please. go somehow away. That would be terrific. Otherwise I'm going to be forced to stop. Anyway, Claire, what are you doing? All right. Well, I would like some recommendations from listeners, please. Oh. We would love to hear from you. You can write to suggestpot at gmail.com just like Josh Biggs has. Josh Biggs. Hey, Claire and James. Hey, I Josh. wanted to reach out and suggest the TV show Shrinking on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I've been watching this. Mm, basic plot is a struggling single father whose wife died a year ago. Really good cast and Harrison Ford plays the perfect grumpy old man and is delightful. I think you'd both really like it. It's funny, but it's also heartwarming. Only three episodes, so room for all to go terribly, but let's hope it doesn't. Love the pod and Claire, I love that your name is spelt, as my mum Claire would say, the right way. <laughs> Thanks for all the great content, Joshua. You're welcome, Joshua. What a legend, Josh. What a legend, Josh. Um, yeah, hey. I, I've been watching that. It's good. And it made me look at Harrison Ford and go, God, this guy's so that why we had that discussion where you used to show me pictures of Harrison Ford like a year ago no, and then now. I showed and you were you. having a full-on existential crisis about how no, old Harrison Ford I was. I showed you the trailer for Indiana Jones and you oh, were like, yeah. damn, he looks so old. But I was also really excited. And you were like, the thing that looks old about him, and I thought this was really funny, is that he's got that fluffy tuft of hair <laughs> yeah. at the crown of his head, like an old man kind of like, and you can't really <laughs> fix that. It's just like he's had a hat on for too long. It's just like... Like a little fluffy duck. <laughs> that is exactly, that is what makes him look so old. <laughs> what is with that? What is that? Why does that happen to people? No, no. Because that, that is the signature sign that things are coming to the end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's the fluffy duck. Take that, Harrison Ford. When you see the fluffy duck, you know. You know. Impending. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's so funny to me. But also you went into this like, I know you showed me the trailer and you're really excited, but then you went into this weird deep dive where you were just like Googling pictures of Harrison Ford at like 60 yeah, you were like, 70. Yeah, and, you was, were like, and it was like, where does it turn? Where did it turn? Look at him. Look. And then you're like showing me pictures of him on the beach at like 72. Yeah, and and you were like, at, look at him. him there. Yeah. So I was like, look at him there. <laughs> And now look at this. I'm like, what happened? It was like five years ago. Uh, that's what I mean. You were uh, just saying you went into this like full point existential crisis about like aging. I just think like... that's fascinating and like it gets you. Like you can be fucking Harrison Ford and yeah. it'll get you. The fluffy duck will yeah. get you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, to be fair. I mean, he's, as, still, he's a great he looks 80. Great. Like, he looks he's amazing. A great 80. For 80. Fucking hell. Yeah, but I mean. The only person it's probably not going to get is um, what's his face Tom. What's his face Cruise. No, Tom, what's his face, no, it'll get, it'll get him. It gets everybody. I don't know. He's there's on some serious tra- like nah, whatever horse matter. horse stuff. I know you don't like horses, but um. all right. Here's, here we see. That's that's Tom Cruise relatively recently. 
Oh yeah, but that's just like a bad photo. It gets you, man. But I'm telling you, it's you, 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 you talk. Do you think that, like, no matter what you take and all of that stuff, yeah. But at a certain point, it actually also makes you look worse. Yeah, I mean, I think so he's like, things. look at his weird center tooth. He's got a tooth <laughs> in the center of his head, face. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. He's normal. That's what I like that, him. That's was like it you that too. showed me that video of him jumping off a plane? Yeah, where he comes that. in on the. Whatever. And he's got zero fear. He's just chatting. He's like literally on like on the wing of a plane. Yeah. And he's just not even batting an eyelid. He's clearly, he's got, there's some devoid of human fear. Emotions. Yeah, he doesn't have that like fear center of his brain or whatever or he's no. like trained it to not yeah. know, respond so or something. I, don't know, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe he's because he's short. He has a low center of gravity so he doesn't mind. He's not as worried. Maybe that I feel is like it. if you're taller, you'd be more worried. There's further to fall. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Do you see what I mean? Like he's 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 aging. I mean, he's an amazing. He's nearly sixty. Yeah, but he looks bloody great. Yeah, but like if you 60. put like gray, if you like, because he would have like gray hair. Oh, if he didn't yeah. have his tan and whatever, like it's a different outcome. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying okay, no. So in Again, ten years, he looks be, amazing. You're going to be looks walking and googling Tom Cruise. No, and he'll be dead. Me the fluffy he'll, duck. He'll be dead. Uh, <laughs> no, but um. Yeah, I don't know. He's just like – it's interesting because like you can – if you ever watch any interview with him, he's all like smiles and laughter and anecdotes and whatever and I did this and I love this guy and whatever. But there's no – there's nothing like personal about him. Does that make sense? Yeah, Like yeah. you can't imagine him getting up and just being like, I'm going to have some boats or whatever. I'm going <laughs> to make some eggs. Like there's nothing about him that's like this is a normal – Person, it's like a person impersonating pretend, a person. person. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, just yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, which is which is fascinating. Yeah, in itself. Yeah, like he like he loves movies and he's like, I I watch all movies and that's like you you don't like I know you don't like. What do you mean you watch all movies? Eh. Name name some movies that you watched recently. You know, nobody's ever like pressing him on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe he does though. Maybe he fucking does. Yeah. I don't know. I actually I don't know if he's a very nice person. Well, there is there are like, there is that article that about, about him and Holmes. Katie Holmes and the divorce, mm. which is there's not very you know, very scary. positive. And that's some like Scientology shit and whatever as well. There's a lot of things. Yeah. Look, who knows? Is he a lizard man? Possibly. Yes. But also so charismatic. So charismatic. Yeah, but is he? I don't know. I would never – no, interestingly, okay, yes. I think he's magnetic. Okay. I wouldn't say he's, like, charismatic. No, that's true. Because, like, I, when I think about a Tom Cruise mo- movie, I'm not really, like, for – For, look at this guy. Well, no. I also have a theory. We've got to stop this, but – and I've talked about this before, that there was an era where Tom Cruise stopped kissing women in movies. You've told me this before. Yeah. Yes, yes. And people Explain who may again. not have heard it, but basically it's around, like – 2006-ish, around the couch jumping thing where everybody was like, hang on a minute, is this guy like, is this a real odd duck? Like what's going on here? And so he stopped kissing women in movies. It happened a few times. It was like day and night and a few other bits and pieces. Or he'll have like romantic like tension, but he won't like kiss somebody. And only until recently in the new Top Gun where he has like a love scene with Jennifer Connelly or whatever. But there's like a 10-year window where or anything he, he does. Where, like even in like Mission Impossible, the movies, like he has a wife and he has to abandon her because he's like he's the best guy in the world and it's the best thing for her and whatever. And he's just this single lonely man running around the world stopping 
zeppelins from flying Climbing into nuclear or bombs or whatever. Yeah, so, but he doesn't have time for, for romance because he's like the best guy in the world or whatever. <laughs> and I think it's literally just like an image thing. I think they probably assessed like what kind of person he is and what people want to see from him. It's like, have you ever seen like The Rock kiss anybody? Oh, yeah, it's fucking no. Fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's like a big – no, I don't know. Why Why is that that you wouldn't want to see that? Because they're really weird, know. like, sexless, like, kind of – too. This is why, like, oh, yeah, they're too muscular, muscular I don't things. even think it's that. Not for like, me. Yeah. Not for me. And not, and for some people, great. Not for me. Mm. So, yeah, it is interesting because then, like, a Harrison Ford, one of his massive appeals is that – He's incredibly good looking and charismatic, but he also feels like a regular person. He feels normal, right? Yeah. He feels like a regular normal person, like a grouchy, disgruntled, regular person that also happens to be extraordinarily handsome. Yeah. But in a way that's like personable and normal. Yeah, you feel like you've seen him. Yeah. Even though you wouldn't have ever. No, because, yeah, because, I mean, you look at him in the original Star Wars and it's uh, it's ridiculous how good looking he is. It's ridiculous. But he's also kind of grouchy and that's, like, also very appealing to me. (laughs) Very cool how grouchy he is. Anyway, we're going to (laughs) go. Anyway, thank you. That's Collins. the other the oh. other one that has. This is why he's, you see him kissing people all the time in movies. Tom Hanks. You do see him, or you don't? No, you do. Yeah, because he's because like a he's guy, like a right? Guy, but yeah. he's like, and he's very attractive, but he's not. He's is like, he though? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like not. He's like but normal he guy attractive, but he's normal guy. But he's not like there's because there's also like there's normal guy attractive, which is like baseline average looking Hollywood guy. Does that make sense? Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But Tom Hanks is he's like. He's very attractive for like a normal person. But for Hollywood, he's like, an, he just looks like a fucking guy. Does that make sense? But, but the, no, I think what I'm trying to say is like Tom Hanks has the same thing that Harrison Ford has, even though obviously Tom Hanks is a totally different looking person in that he's incredibly attractive and charismatic, but he feels like someone that you would know. Yeah. And so he's also non-threatening. So you'll watch him kiss and Meg Ryan. And he's funny. Yeah, but so like you would, yeah, he's has like, yeah, you would watch him, ki- watch him kiss lots of different women on the screen because he's got this as well as like I don't know a soccer ball or whatever he does. Tom Wilson. Hanks kissing compilation. Twenty twenty three. But there's a reason why he's so you know well loved and plays love interests all the time, yeah. even though he's not like. I a think Fabio. he's also like tradition. Uh, he's like transitioned into like dad. Mode though. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. So I don't know whether the kisses are coming hot and fast. Like oh, not anymore. To... No, no, no. But I, I'm talking about him at like you know sleepers in Seattle vibes. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about him. He's very adorable. I think that's what it is. He's adorable. And he's lonely. He looks lonely. He's got sad yeah, eyes. Sad eyes. Even that though way. he lives a rich Hollywood lifestyle. Anyways, <laughs> and he got everyone. COVID and lived in Australia. That was he that certainly was, did. Was thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank We've been just a podcast. Thank you, Collins, for editing the show, and we will give see us a you review next Thursday. Email the show. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.